this evening. And uh, I told them uh, before the service, I said, uh, I know of uh, some preachers who, when uh, individuals who are called to preach have a bunch of family in, uh, it'd be as though I get up and uh, say it's good to be here, and Brother Sean's going to come and preach for us tonight, and uh, just see and leave him hanging. But uh, I appreciate him and his family being here, and uh, thankful for the spirit of that song and the blessing it was. Take your Bibles, if you would, Philippians chapter number 4 tonight, Philippians chapter number 4. Over the last couple of uh, weeks, really the last uh, six weeks or so, we've been uh, studying the mind, and uh, the struggle of the mind, if you would, discouragement, Depression, anxiety, stress, all of those many uh, details and struggles within people's lives and really within our society. And uh, we, we have looked at a couple of individuals in Scripture. We looked at Jonah for a little while. Jonah sees one of the, the, the greatest things to ever set your eyes on when revival takes place. And the Bible uh, begins to clarify in the book of Jonah that it does not end in a happy note. Jonah's discouraged, he's depressed, he's angry, he's frustrated, and as a matter of fact, he, at the end of the book of Jonah, just says, go ahead and just kill me. And you find the discouragement in some of those verses in the book of Jonah. We looked at Elijah a little bit, and you begin to see all throughout Scripture, verse after verse after verse, dealing with the mind and the struggle of the mind and captivating the mind and yielding the mind. And the mind is something that sometimes, if we're not careful, begins to struggle and become fatigued. And we allow certain things to dictate the way we live, and it creeps into our mind and then into our actions. And tonight, as you come to the book of Philippians, we've made a couple of references to these verses over the last couple of messages dealing with the mind, and we've looked at two individuals. We've seen, if you would, discouragement, anxiety, depression at the forefront. Uh, the individuals that were struggling, why they struggled, what they did in their struggle, what circumstances they had to go through in their struggle, but we haven't really come through certain verses and, and really parked in this pastor scripture to define and to help ourselves understand what do you do when you are discouraged? What do you do when you are depressed? What do you do when you are anxious and stressed and all of these many things? Because we know that it is something that many people are living with today. And I would not be shocked tonight if there are some of you that have walked through the doors of the church tonight and you are in this place that we're talking about. Maybe you're uh, anxious about some things. Maybe you're stressed about some things. Maybe you're discouraged or depressed or you're, you're really battling with your mind. You say, well, how real is this thing? Well, statistics in 2021, they're always a year behind as they're trying to gather as much data as they can. And there are certain things that they're trying to look at. And in 2021, it is said that 48,183 people died by suicide alone in the United States. That's one person every 11 minutes. Brother Sean, uh, Tulin and I were talking about this and, and I'm still researching and trying to get all of the statistics, but that does not include every single, uh, case that we see when you factor in the military, when you factor in the police force, when you factor in just the, 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 the individuals in society. That's not factoring everyone in necessarily. And so as you begin to think about the data that is being revealed here, 12.3 million adults seriously thought about suicide in 2021. Now, there are probably many, many others that did not even get factored into this. 3.5 million adults, and these are statistics that they have records of, made a plan to commit suicide. And 1.7 million adults attempted suicide. 
This is all in 2021, and you begin to think about the struggle and the, 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 the seriousness of this subject right here, because there are so many people that we come in contact with every single day, and we, we begin to have conversations, and sometimes we go about our days to the neglect of all of the signs of someone that is struggling. And you begin to ask yourself these hard questions that we're going to ask ourselves tonight concerning the mind. I want you to notice what the Bible says in Philippians chapter number four, and we're going to look at a couple of passages of scripture this evening that I pray will be a help to you. But notice what the Bible says in chapter number four, verse number four, and we will continue on all the way through these verses later on. But I want you to notice verse number eight for just a moment, chapter four, Philippians. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Bible goes on in the book of Romans, chapter number 12, verse number 2, to highlight some things that would be a help to us concerning this battle of the mind. Because we ask ourselves tonight, how do we get control? How do we defeat this, this struggle of the, the mind and, and make sure that we're thinking on the right things? Because notice what he says in verse number 8 of Philippians 4. At the very end, he says, think on these things. So notice right in the middle of Romans 12, verse number 2, the Bible says, and be not conformed to this world, but notice these important words, because this is a daily battle right here. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's a daily battle. Every single day, there's a fresh renewing of some things, and some things you have to consider, some things you need to think on, some things that you need to defeat and crucify in your own life and give to the Lord, because it is a daily battle. You see, in verse number 2 of Romans 12, it says, And be not conformed to this world. That is a, a, a reference, a statement that is made not today, not tomorrow, not the next day. Be not conformed to this world at all in all the days that you are living. It's not just talking about one moment. It's talking about every single day. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Once again, that is a daily battle. As he is speaking here in Romans 12, he is dealing with this and he is helping us understand that this is something that needs to be considered every single day and multiple times throughout our day. Because you think about temptation. Temptation is in every corner and every alley and every avenue that you are taking and you begin to think about temptation. You begin to think about the transformation. You begin to think about the conforming. And he says, be not conformed to this world. Don't be conformed right now. In two hours, don't be conformed. In four hours, don't be conformed. At the end of the day, don't be conformed. Tomorrow morning, don't be conformed. It's something that you're having to battle every single day. You say, well, why do we have to battle it every single day? And why do we have to battle it so much? Why? Because there's music in the world. There's social media in the world. There's, there's television in the world. There's stores in the world. You see, every single one of those are devices in which the devil is trying to corrupt and trying to get a foothold in. And so he says, hey, if I can't defeat you with music and I can't tempt you with music, then maybe I can tempt you with your eyes and the things that you're watching. If I can't tempt you with those, maybe I can tempt you by trying to get your attention as you're walking through the grocery store. If you're walking through the mall, if you're walking through a department store, maybe I can get you there. If I can't get you there, maybe I can get you with your conversations. You see, there's so many devices in which Satan is trying to corrupt. And so this statement that we see in Romans 12 too, and be not conformed to this world. You say, oh man, there's just so much to think about. It is. It is. And so continue on reading and he says this, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So now we come back to the struggle of the mind. 
the statistics that we see that, you know, different CDC and different people are putting out as they're trying to gather more and more data on the, the mind, the issues, the anxiety, the, the problems, the depression, the discouragement, all of these many things. You see, there's another statistic that was put out that over 40 million adults in the U.S. have an anxiety disorder that is diagnosed. That's 20%. You begin to think about everything that is taking place, that is, that is going on. That is not factoring in those who do not go to the doctor and get diagnosed with struggle of anxiety that they're facing. And so we ask ourselves, how do we defeat this battle of the mind that we are struggling with? He says in verse number 8 of Philippians 4 at the very end, think on these things. So tonight I want to draw your attention to verses 4 on down tonight as we see in the book of Philippians, Paul dealing with the church of Philippi. Paul dealing with the church of Philippi and you begin to consider the circumstances that they were in. I mean, imagine for just a moment being a Christian and Paul is addressing these things. These were individuals that were martyred. These were individuals that were ridiculed. These were individuals that were facing great persecution. And yet they had to defeat the battle of just the mind saying it's time to quit. I mean, imagine Paul for just a moment. Paul, at any moment in the book of Philippians, could have said, you know what? I'm going to give in. I'm going to give up because this struggle of the mind that I'm going through, I want to quit. I want to quit on God and I want to give up in all these things that I'm facing. These circumstances that I found myself in, the prison is disgusting. The, 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 the ridicule is just hard and all of these many things that I'm facing. But he goes on and he begins to remind us that our circumstances do not dictate our joy. But our joy is always established and ought to be rooted in the goodness of God within our lives. And so in the book of Philippians, he goes on and he says these words in Philippians chapter number 4, verse number 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. You stop right there and say, ah, you don't know what I'm going through. I don't. But I remind you, the goodness of God is still good whether your circumstances are poor or whether they're great. And he says right here, don't lose this battle of the mind. Renew your mind. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You see it right there once again. Verse number 7. The peace of God. You say, ah, I don't know how they're going, getting through all that. You can't understand it, but it's the peace of God. He says right there at the very end, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I love these words in the book of Philippians in verse number eight. The statement finally speaks of in closing, if you would. If you were to back up and do a deep study of the book of Philippians, you'll find that in chapter number three, he starts out again the word finally. In chapter number three, he's using the word finally as he is saying, as we continue, if you would. For the rest, if you would. But in verse number 8, as he is saying finally here, it is speaking to the things that he is going to conclude with. And he is trying to get the people to consider these things that they are going to think on and these things that they need to think on. And so he says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things things. It's been said many times, especially as you walk through scripture, you see this, but that where there are people, there are problems. 
Because we all, as we walk the doors of the church, we oftentimes bring our problems with us. Our problems are on our minds. Our problems are on our hearts. Our problems are in our lives. And we're trying to navigate through all of our problems. And as you begin to think about the problems within life and the struggle of just life in general, there was an individual that was talking to uh, a, a, an individual that was just kind of in passing. A conversation was being had, and they began to talk about just life in general and problems and situations. And the other individual looked at him and said, can I share with you what the issue is? You're living. It's life. I mean, that's reality. As you begin to go on throughout life, you find that there, at the end of the day, sometimes you look at your circumstance and you say, well, that's just life. That's just life. But how do we control the thoughts in our minds and the struggle of just saying, Lord, I'm done. Lord, I'm quitting. Lord, this isn't worth it any longer. We look at Romans 12, 2 one more time, right in the middle, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So notice with me five things that we see in these verses here that I pray will be a help to you tonight concerning the mind. Number one, a mind ought to be renewed to praise. You want to conquer the the battle within the mind. You want to, every single day, instead of looking at your circumstances and looking at your problems and giving in to the griping and complaining to the problems, because those problems will always be there. After one problem, you'll find another problem. After that problem is resolved, another problem will pop up. And so if you're not careful, your entire life will be given to focusing on all of the problems. It's been said if you were to go and you were to begin to think about uh, stress and you were to begin to think about anxiety and discouragement and depression, there are many characteristics to people who are going through those seasons of life where they're discouraged, depressed, anxious, or just simply stressed. And there are seven things that begin to reveal themselves. Number one was a critical attitude. Because as you begin to place such an emphasis on all of your problems, all you want to be is critical about everything because your life isn't good, so why should someone else's life be good? A critical attitude begins to creep in. You begin to think not only about a critical attitude, but another characteristic of someone that is going through these things. They stay busy with work because they don't want to think about their problems. They occasionally will have someone that begins to show signs of substance abuse. There's an expectation of sympathy, always looking for the sympathy and, and look at me and feel bad for me. These are things that studies show are symptoms. Living on the seconds of every day, they're living at such a fast pace that it's go, 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 once again, because they don't want to think about all the problems that they're going through. You see, why do, why do people, when they get off work, go home and drink alcohol? They don't drink alcohol because they enjoy just drinking alcohol. They drink alcohol because they want to get drunk and forget about all the problems. Why does someone go home after they're off work and get high off of drugs? Because they don't want to think about all their problems. They want to get such a high that all of a sudden everything feels fine again. So all of these many problems that people are facing, they become overwhelmed. They begin to get fatigued. All of these many symptoms begin to reveal themselves when people are battling these things. And so number one, we see that your mind needs to be renewed to praise. Notice what the Bible says in verse number six. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. I want you to think about the people of Philippi for just a moment. These individuals, once again, were persecuted. They were martyred by the thousands. They were imprisoned. They were crucified. They were burned alive. They were fed to wild beasts. These were individuals that if you wanted to be an individual that was following Christ, it was a serious thing. And Paul, in the book of Philippians, begins to help us to understand that he was trying to help these people to root their circumstances and their joy, not in those circumstances, but in the goodness of God. 
You see, as you look through the book of Philippians, notice again what he says in chapter number four, verse number four, because he goes on and reemphasizes this twice. Rejoice in the Lord always. I love this. You ever been having a conversation with a child and you're trying to get that child's uh, attention? Jackson sometimes will begin to do this. He's into a, a phase where he will begin to interrupt you. And sometimes he will begin to interrupt you as you're trying to offer a solution. And so if you're reading this for just a moment, I read this in such a way where sometimes we would interrupt Paul here. You're, you're sharing all of your problems. You're sharing all of your, your, your difficulties, your struggles, all of the circumstances you're enduring. And you say, Paul, blah, 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 blah. This is what I'm going. And Paul looks at you and says, rejoice in the Lord always. And it's as though at that moment when he says, rejoice the Lord always, you stop him. And you say, yeah, but you don't. And as you're saying, yeah, but you don't, he says, and again, I say rejoice. You see, he's trying to get your attention. He's raising his voice in such a way where he's emphasizing, hey, zip it. You still can rejoice. You see, if you look at your life and don't look at your problems, but you look at all the blessings of God and you look at your God and how wonderful he is and you get a right view of who he is, you'll get a right view of your problems and how small they truly are. You see, all of the many things that you're facing right this very moment, sometimes if we're not careful, so we're taking a magnifying glass and we're making them much bigger. We're analyzing these things, and it's as though we're bringing this this magnifying glass to the Lord, and we're trying to show the Lord, see, Lord, how big our problems are. He says, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. And so Paul here is reminding us, and he says, rejoice in the Lord, and again, I say rejoice. He goes on in verse number 6, be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. He doesn't say for everything. He says, but in everything, be careful for nothing. As you begin to think about this statement that we have made last couple of weeks, when you begin to walk through this and just slowly walk through, you see the caution right there. We're going to reemphasize this tonight. The caution, hey, be careful. (laughs) Be careful for these things. The caution, the prayer is, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The praise is with thanksgiving there. The peace and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The purpose is, again, to think on these things and to go and to proclaim it. Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen and me do. So all of that is circulating in Philippians chapter 4. And Paul is trying to remind the people of the battle, the struggle of the mind. If you were to go and you were to study... Uh, I've talked to certain soldiers who will go to certain training efforts and, and there are certain things that you can Google and watch not only in, in the military life, but in the FBI world and in the SWAT world and all of these hardcore trainings. And many times I remember even growing up and me and my stepdad were talking about this and I've had coaches that, that would try to, to win a battle and defeat your mind if you would. There was an NBA player who was talking uh, and just kind of talking about an NBA coach that he played for. And he said, this NBA, uh, this NBA coach would play games with your mind because he wanted you to quit if you weren't worthy of being on the team. And so he would play games. And if your mind could handle all of the games, then you were prepared. And you see, Paul is helping us understand that Satan is going to play games with your mind. You see, God's going to say he's worthy and that he, he's still good and that he is still uh, loves you and that he still cares for you. And Satan's going to say, no, not according to those circumstances. Oh, your, your God says he loves you. Why are you having to go through that? Oh, your God says he cares about you, but why are you still dealing with that? 
I was listening to an individual just the other day as he was talking, a preacher was talking about his son who is still battling illnesses and he began to reflect on that, that situation in his life that the Lord had brought him through and all the circumstances that he had. And he began to, to say, if it wasn't for the matter of the Lord teaching me back 10 years ago that I needed to give myself to prayer, I don't know that I would be here today. Because this trial, the Lord knew 10 years ago that I needed to start giving myself to prayer because I needed to pray 10 years later harder than I've ever prayed before. And so the Lord began to shape him and mold him and bring him to a place of understanding. You say, how can I give myself to praising the Lord with everything that I'm going through? Deuteronomy 10.21 says, He is thy praise, and He is thy God. And that hath done for these great and terrible things which thine eyes have seen. Psalm 98, verses 1 through 4, O sing unto the Lord a new song, for He hath done marvelous things. His right hand and His holy arm hath gotten Him the victory. The Lord hath made known His salvation. His righteousness hath He opened, openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He hath remembered His mercy and His truth toward the house of Israel. And all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Psalm 100, you could go and you could look at. The Bible begins to reveal to us in Acts chapter number 5, verse 41, that they said, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. You say, how could they count themselves to be blessed and to count themselves as that an honor to God? Because the apostle carried such a high view of Christ that they rejoiced in anything that was attached to his name, even if it meant suffering. You see, sometimes we think so highly of ourselves and we lose the battle to our mind because we're not thinking properly about how good he is, how wonderful he is. For just a moment, can I take you back to the moment when you accepted Jesus Christ, your personal savior? Think on it for just a moment. Think about that moment, whether it was in your home and you were sitting there and you began to realize that you were in need of a Savior. Think about that moment when you were sitting in a revival meeting and you realized you were in need of a Savior. Think about that youth camp. Think about that missions conference. Think about that just normal Wednesday or Sunday or whatever the case might be. Think about that place when you came to the realization that, Lord, you died for me. You love me. And that moment, whenever your life was forever changed, You see, that moment in your life was a moment where Satan said, oh, I've lost you to eternity, so now I've got to ruin your life. And so oftentimes we're seeing in the days in which we're living an attack of the mind. Praising the Lord oftentimes begins to reverse those things. When you're encountering difficult seasons and you're encountering difficult circumstances, Paul, in verse number 8 later on, begins to give us a list that we're going to look at here in a few moments, but he closes out but says, think on these things things. And if you were to pause tonight and you were to go home and you were to take a blank sheet of paper and you were to begin to write all of your problems. And then on the other side of that page, you would begin to write all of the many blessings in your life. I'm not talking about the present blessings. I'm talking about the past blessings. I'm talking about the current blessings. You don't even realize the future blessings that are coming your way. I guarantee you that the list that you would say, oh, these are all the problems. All of a sudden you begin to write all of the many blessings you'd still be writing for quite a while. And all of a sudden, you take a step back and you say, man, I've been focusing on all of this. But look what I'm missing. A renewed mind to praise the Lord. Notice with me, number two, not only a renewed mind to praise the Lord, but a renewed mind of patience. He says in verse number five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. This word moderation means, if you would, suitable, fair, mild, gentle. 
Think for just a moment about an individual, if you would, that never really gets ruffled. Uh, Think about someone that anytime circumstances come their way, they just kind of roll with it. They don't really get worked up, if you would. And we laugh because uh, Jackson and Holly, their, their personalities could not be any further from each other. And the only time that we really see Holly getting extremely worked up is if she's really tired. And there are times whenever something will happen and we'll be outside and something will happen. And I'll look at Holly, for instance, if one time she broke, I believe, her uh, one of her toys or whatever, and she just, you know, just snapped it. And Jackson, if he would have broken that toy, he'd have been distraught. He'd have been angry about it. He'd been mad about it. He'd been fussing about it. He'd been whining about it. All those many things. I looked over at Holly. I said, now, why'd you do that? Why, why'd you break that? She said, eh, eh. And many times we've seen her act that way, just kind of, eh, it's not really that big of a deal. Holly, you're not really good at, you're not good at, you're not good at baseball. Eh, who cares? That's kind of, you know, you begin to think about a person that's going through difficult seasons and difficult circumstances. You look at them and you're waiting for the response. You're waiting for the face to turn red. You're waiting for the tears to come down their face. You're waiting for the, the struggle. But in that moment, that person begins to demonstrate moderation. They begin to demonstrate that, hey, it's okay. I just need to, need to be patient about this. And so you were looking for tears. You were looking for frustration. But now, all of a sudden, you saw patience. You saw that person conduct themselves. Why? Because Psalm 46.10 was a verse they might have been living. Be still and know that I am God. You see, why do we encourage young people and why do we encourage all of ourselves to really hide Scripture in our hearts? Because when circumstances come our way, we can grasp to those verses. So, oh, I'm going through this, but the Word of God says this. Oh, I'm battling this, but the Lord says this. Oh, I don't think I can go on, but God says I can do all things through Him. You see, it's the struggle of the mind, and sometimes if we're not careful, we yield our mind to everything except this book. The Bible says in verse number five, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Number three, if you would, we see a mind renewed and given to prayer. Given to prayer. There's a song that I've listened to many, many times and the chorus gets to the chorus and it says these words. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? When the very same Jesus, he stays always near. He lives in my heart and he hears when I cry. I'll call on his name till the storm passes by. Why should I worry? Why should I fear? You see, when we begin to renew these things within our lives, we begin to realize the Lord is present in the midst of all that. And notice what the Bible says again in verse number six. Be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. I ask you tonight, what is your first reaction whenever bad news or circumstances come your way or situations arise or whenever something bad happens? Is your first thought to gripe and complain about it or is your first thought to hit the ground and get your knees on the ground and begin to give it to the Lord? You see, that's the struggle we all face, myself included, is that when something happens, we very rarely take it to the Lord immediately. 
Oh, we, we hold off until we climb into our beds. And, and as we're climbing into our bed, we begin to offer our prayer because we, we have trained our minds to think the only time that we ought to pray is in the morning and in the evening instead of what the Bible says, being in a spirit of prayer, praying without ceasing. And as we begin to realize the importance of praying without ceasing, he is dealing with that to help us understand that no matter what you are facing, no matter if things are good or if things are bad or if there's a blessing here or if there's a problem here, to always begin to speak to the Lord. In all matters, you're walking down the street and as you're about to walk into the street, it's as though someone grabs you as you remind yourself to, to kind of look and you look and there's a car and you offer the Lord. Thank you, Lord. And you walk into the grocery store and there's a person in front of you and that conversation is had and you're able to invite that person to church. And at that moment, you can say, thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. You walk into the grocery store and you're given an opportunity to be a blessing by paying for somebody's groceries or somebody pays for your groceries, stopping right there and thanking the Lord. You see, the moments in which we try to remember all of our many blessings to give to the Lord at the end of the night, sometimes we forget about them. The problems, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that blessing. I forgot about that situation. But being in a spirit of prayer and being in constant communion with the Lord makes a difference. A renewed mind to give ourselves to prayer. As you begin to think about in your own life, when you really stop and think about who He is, you begin to think about all of the situations in your life. You pause for a moment and it'll remind you he's trustworthy of all the circumstances and everything in your life. Some of you are going through difficult seasons. Some of you are bearing great burdens. And you've been tempted to quit. You've been tempted to quit praying. You've been tempted to just stop living the Christian life. You've been tempted just to, to get angry with God and get bitter with God. And you're losing the mind. You're losing the battle of the mind. And Romans 12, 2 reminds us that we need to renew our minds. Number four, notice with me in verse number seven, what the Bible says, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Number four, a renewed mind given to peace. There's just something about the peace of God, isn't there? In the midst of troubling circumstances, problems, situations, it's hard to to really put into words whenever you're just at peace with things. And one of the things we find to be true, as you read this verse right here, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. You see, there is peace with God. That begins at the moment of salvation, peace with God. The peace of God is something different. The peace of God is something the Lord delivers in those times in which your heart is breaking, when your mind is going crazy. And most of us at one time or another have battled this and struggled with this. And as you begin to think about the statement, the peace of God, it is something that we need to renew our minds to, to say, Lord, help me to be at peace with whatever your will is. Can I share with you, there are things that I have gone through, there are things that you have gone through where we have all asked, Lord, why? I don't understand. What's the purpose behind it? What's the reason behind this? And in those seasons and in those moments of our lives, the hardest thing for us is to yield our own temptation of questioning God and getting angry at God and saying, Lord, help me to be at peace. I don't understand, but I know you don't make any mistakes. And we go through those seasons and the peace of God, which passes all the understanding, renewing our mind to just be given to the peace of God. Verse number eight. Finally. In closing, if you would, number five, we need to renew our mind to those things that are pure. 
those things that are true, those things that are honest, those things that are just, those things that are lovely, those things that are of good report. All of verse number eight is something we need to renew our mind to. Notice these words, true. It speaks of loving the truth. It speaks of speaking the truth. It speaks of true in character. The word honest, it speaks of, if you would, to be honorable. It speaks of something that, again, is honorable in character. The word just speaks of something that is righteous, of upright, approved of God. The word pure speaks of free from carnality. It speaks of modest. It speaks of clean. The word lovely speaks of acceptable, pleasing. It speaks of, uh, again, wisdom. You think about of good report, it speaks of sounding well. Highly regarded. Well thought of. All of these many things. Finally, brethren. Whatsoever things are true. Can I read it to you this way so you would pause and really study this out yourself. Whatsoever things are true, think on these things. Whatsoever things are honest, think on these things. Whatsoever things are just, think on these things. Whatsoever things are pure, think on these things. Whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. Whatsoever things are of good report, think on these things. Whatsoever things are of virtue, think on these things. Whatsoever things be of praise, think on these things. As you read verse number eight, it is a constant reminder of all of the many battles in which we lose our mind to. We lose our mind in the battle of our mind to those things that are of truth, those things that are honest, those things that are just, those things that are pure, those things that are lovely, those things that are of good report. He says very simply, think on these things. And I wonder tonight, if you're losing the battle to your mind, You allow the devil to to persuade you into thinking that your circumstances now reveal that your God is no longer good. When in reality, our circumstances reveal nothing about the goodness of God except that He's faithful and He's there and He's present. You see, our circumstances do not reveal anything at all except that we're just living life. We're going through certain things. There are things that will always be present, but our God is always faithful and we are reminded to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And so I wonder tonight if you're struggling with some of these things and you're battling some of these things and you're, you're finding that if you were to, to look at your problems and to look at your blessings, now you're reminded that, you know what, I've been focusing so much on these that I'm losing my mind and losing the battle of my mind. I'm discouraged. I'm depressed. I'm anxious. I'm stressed. And I'm giving myself all to these things over here because you've rooted yourself and your circumstances to define the character of God. But over here, if you root yourself just simply in the Lord and in His goodness, you'll find that His character never changes. And His goodness is always there. And you begin to renew your mind and think on the things that you ought to be thinking on. Lord, I don't understand, but I'm going to praise you anyways. Lord, I don't understand all this, but I'm going to be patient in this and allow you to work it out. Lord, I don't understand all this, but Lord, I'm going to give myself to prayer. Lord, I don't understand all this, but Lord, I'm going to try to to be reminded that your peace is there. Lord, I don't understand all this, but I'm going to try to think on all these things that are pure and give myself to each of these things and think on these things. You say, the struggle is real. I remember saying that at certain times, you know, when we'd be in a... You know, I remember in, in college, playing in college, and, and playing in high school and playing in college was a world of difference because in, in high school, I remember winning state championships. Then you go to Bible college and you play on a basketball team and you go four and 876 and four years of playing sports and you, you're humbled pretty quick. 
And you would say, the struggle's real. In life sometimes, the struggle's real, yes. But are you losing your mind? Are you losing the battle of your mind and saying, Lord, I focus so much on all these problems and I want to defeat this. And Lord, I want to live a life that is honoring to you. And Lord, I want, to, I want to be joyful and I want to be happy. I don't want to be stressed out. I don't want to be anxious about these things. I don't want to be uh, depressed and discouraged and all these things. And he says, well, let's renew your mind. Don't just renew your mind tonight. Renew your mind in two hours. Temptation is four hours away. Renew your mind. Tomorrow morning, renew your mind. The next day, renew your mind. It's an ongoing battle because temptation is always there. Lord, we